Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast from Shemaine's Model Health for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand their body. I am your host. I am Shemaine Laney. I am a biohacker, fitness and nutrition expert and a certified iridologist, amongst other things. And I'm very happy to have you here with me on this beautiful June morning. I hope you have been enjoying the weather. And honestly, this summer could not have came soon enough. I'm very grateful that it's here now. And I'm very grateful that there's only another few weeks of homeschooling left. But anyway, I hope you're all keeping really well. And I hope you find this week's podcast episode very insightful. It's a very common theme, as I think we all know at this stage. And I get questions literally daily about the gut and how to support it and what may be going on or why is this happening so that's what we're going to look at um, in this episode and give you some insight on some facts or things you may not have known that happen in your gut so before I go on I must emphasize that the information in these podcasts is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice please do consult with your GP or health practitioner before you make any lifestyle changes so let's look at some stuff to do with your gut that you may not have known. So as we all know, our gut is responsible for putting our body pretty much into working order. As it breaks down the foods we eat, our gut then absorbs the nutrients that helps our body right down to our cells function. Um, You may not know, but with optimal gut health you get optimal energy production hormone balance skin health mental health um, and then of course your toxin and waste elimination too so your gut is super important and that's just a tip of the iceberg the gut is involved in many many other systems and reactions and functions in the body Um, For instance, about 70% of your immune system is housed in your gut. So when our gut is not good, you're going to see a lot of these issues with the immune system, but different parts of the body as well. If you listen back to the two episodes I did on what your nails can tell you and what your tongue can tell you, you can see that when we have upset in our gut, it will try to tell us through these different sources or these different outlets. Um, and that's why it's very important to make sure that our digestive system is in tip-top shape, um, especially when we have viruses left, right and center and stressors and all this other stuff that can try and weaken us Um And just before I move on, many people don't understand or don't know, well you would if you've listened to my episodes in the past, that your gut starts from your nasal passage right down to your anus. A lot of people think your gut starts from your mouth to your anus, but it's actually from your nasal passages. Um, And that your ear canals are also somewhat connected to your gut too so that's super interesting especially when we look at ear aches and throat infections and sinus infections we can see the connection there 
so your gut may not have a literal voice but it does talk and give us signals and tries to communicate again go back and listen to the last two episodes and you'll be able to help yourself decipher a bit of what's going on inside you so first thing we like to look at is um, is your poop on time or is it regular do you have a schedule for pooping normal poops can occur anywhere from three times a week to three times a day it's very individual what you ate your hormonal profile um, so each good is different but a healthy gut generally has a pattern. So maybe you go every morning. When we look at timing, it generally takes, and this is quite a broad range, but again, it's individual, 12 to 72 hours for your food to move through your digestive tract. Optimal gut timing or function, generally we see bowel movements range from 12 to 18 hours. Um, Anything sooner, there's an issue. Anything longer, there's an issue. And that 72 hours is three days. And a lot of people don't know that in the medical world, you are not considered to be constipated until you haven't pooped for three days or more. And I'll get a lot of messages from people saying I didn't poop yesterday, or I haven't pooped in the last two days, or I haven't pooped all day. or uh, And that is not true constipation in that aspect of things. But anyway, um, food doesn't arrive in your large intestine until after about six to eight hours after you've eaten. Um, So try not to stress too much if you're not going to the bathroom straight after you eat. And if you do go to the bathroom straight after you've ate, that's usually reflective of your last meal or your last two meals. if your schedule is off, if you knew you had a regular schedule and now it's off, it could be constipation. And constipation has many causes. Usually it's dehydration or low fiber. Then it could be a thyroid issue. I'm seeing lately anxiety is causing people not to poop, especially if they have anxiety about pooping, then they're not relaxing. They're obviously not giving their body enough time to relax and have the peristalsis happen and stuff like that. Or they could be sitting the wrong way on the toilet. So there's a few different things. I feel your best bet is always to check your water first. Always fluids first. A lot of people do associate constipation with low fiber. That can be true if you're not eating enough then maybe you're not creating bulk or waste to create poop. But generally, if you're dehydrated, it's getting stuck and it's not moving freely through your intestines and your colon. So hydration is usually the first thing I look at, especially as the weather improves, people are still drinking the same amount of water they might have drank in the winter when they weren't sweating as much or they weren't as active. And we need to be conscious to increase our fluid consumption in this warm weather and not just focus on fluids, but also our hydrating foods too, which I'll be speaking more about that over on Facebook in the next couple of weeks. Um, But if you're not, one thing 
to take note of and I feel this is very important if you're not pooping regularly it means you're holding on to the food you've ate for days for some people that could be even weeks and that waste is putrefying in your intestines and colons it's becoming toxic and what happens is these toxins and the hormones that generally is in poop and bad bacteria and lots of stuff it then gets reabsorbed or recirculated through the intestinal lining back into the body into the bloodstream and makes me want to vomit thinking about it but then these toxins and hormones they're recirculating and they're very inflammatory and they're causing lots of inflammation and damage throughout the body and other health problems can occur from this especially long term down the line problems if you are not pooping regularly you are getting this toxic overload all the time and i see this with clients they'll get a lot of inflammation they'll get stiffness in the joints we'll obviously see they'll struggle with weight they'll be puffy there'll be fluid retention it's important to make sure that your poop is online So the next uh, fact you may or may not have known is um, processed foods can cause inflammation. Many people know this, but I don't think it registers enough. Um, So processed foods can cause inflammation in the lining of our gut. So that's that epithelial layer. Uh, It's that thin layer that once it gets damaged, it can allow toxins, bacteria, food particles to then pretty much leach into the bloodstream and cause havoc. Um, You're... (laughs) When you eat, you have to think of, you know, in your brain what you've ate, but your gut may not recognize what you've eaten as a digestible food and instead interprets certain foods like high fructose corn syrup or inflammatory foods like trans fats and artificial ingredients as invaders or attackers. So then your gut will set off an inflammatory response in which the body is literally trying to fight these foods as if they were an infection or a virus or a bacteria, um, which if that persistently happens over time, then we see autoimmune diseases, we see that gut lining or epithelial layer start to break down a lot and havoc pretty much just breaks loose so being conscious of your food choices is important here and sticking to not to sound like a broken record but whole foods like foods that you know work for you because some whole foods make some people feel terrible and don't work for some people so when I say whole foods whole foods that you know feel good for you um, and then when you do have unprocessed or when you do have processed foods you then are tactical about it maybe you take some supplements or something to help you digest it so um but yeah those processed foods especially trans fats in my opinion or bad toxic fats and oils are more inflammatory than sugar is so being aware of that can kind of help you narrow down why you're feeling rubbish basically the next fact is um gluten So many people feel they have a gluten intolerance, 
but they don't really have a gluten intolerance. Most of the time it is down to um, a protein inside the gluten called gliadin that many people can't digest and have issues. And if you think of this gliadin protein or molecule like a shard of glass, as it runs through you, it's just ripping through your gut and your intestines. And then you get an IBS reaction, you get bloating, you get diarrhea, you get spasms, you get all this gross stuff. But as this shard of glass is going through you, um, you then start to again develop this leaky gut like we get with the inflammatory processed foods. And this allows particles like undigested food and waste and pathogens and all this sort of stuff to pass through your gut lining, uh, get into the bloodstream and drive up inflammation all over the body and if it's chronic or persistent, contribute to long-term diseases. So gluten or gliadin found in gluten can do that. The best way to see if gluten is a no-go, which it pretty much is for most people because the human body was not designed to digest this protein, but some of us can tolerate it better than others. That comes back to our bio-individuality. Most people are going to do well when they pull grains out of their diet, but we want to, I, I'm a big fan of the concept of hormesis and I have done videos of this over my YouTube channel, the concept that yes, we do pull out gluten and these grains, but once in a while we reintroduce them so that we can keep the body kind of alert to these damaging foods, but also not give ourselves complete intolerances to them either. So hormesis is basically giving yourself a little bit of the bad so that you can benefit more from the good kind of thing. Um, so do check out the video I did on hormesis over on my YouTube channel. Make sure that you read labels and ingredients because wheat and gluten and grains can be found everywhere from in your supplements to salad dressings to chocolate to pretty much everywhere. Um, I do like taking enzymes when I'm having any sort of wheat or gluten, which usually is some sort of refeed day for me or a feast day. Um, I'm a big fan of Bioptimizers. They do a Gluten Guardian um, and the guys that founded by optimizers are Canadian which I suppose I'm somewhat Canadian now that I live here um, also I'm a big fan of the now brand so now foods they make some great enzymes too so they can be helpful if you know that you're having gluten taking um, some sort of supplement can be really helpful there so next is um Many people know this, but most don't. If you've recently taken antibiotics, you pretty much have put on, set off a nuclear bomb in your gut, right up to your nasal passage. So antibiotics, you put them in your stomach, so you swallow them, but when they explode pretty much, they impact you right up to your nasal passages. So they pretty much kill everything inside. Antibiotics kill everything so they don't care about your good or your bad bacteria they kill both 
so you're going to help then support your body to repopulate again and whatever you repopulate with you want to give it the best chance that it can so if you have taken antibiotics I generally recommend that when someone is taking antibiotics they're filling in the empty gaps from the die-off with yeast um, nutritional yeast and like most of the time it's yeast saccharomyces just so that they can fill in the empty gaps so the bad bacteria can't jump in and proliferate and take over and then once the antibiotics are done then we start looking more towards our prebiotics and our probiotics and our modbiotics to start repopulating again so we use the yeast when we're taking antibiotics to stop the growth of bad bacteria and then once the antibiotics are done we start looking at our probiotics and again our prebiotics and modbiotics so um, you can get some really good probiotics if I recommend a probiotic I generally recommend that it does come with some sort of yeast included in it and then prebiotics this is going to be individual because some people will have issues tolerating foods which are considered prebiotics like onions and garlic Um, but they are prebiotics most green vegetable is a prebiotic dark chocolate is a great prebiotic Um, your berries lots of fruit but when we look at modbiotics as well, they're going to be very important because they're going to help modulate what grows back and what doesn't. So then again, we're looking at um, our tarts, sour foods, sour cherries, apples, apple cider vinegar, raspberries. So I did a podcast a few months ago on the biotics family and went into a lot more detail on sources and understanding them. So go back and check that out. Um, But again, the fact here is that a lot of people don't realize that when they take antibiotics, they're pretty much setting off a nuclear bomb inside their body. The next fact that you may not have known is when you're feeling down, it might just be your food. When your digestion is compromised, our bodies underproduce certain hormones or neurotransmitters like serotonin. Now, serotonin is like our feel good, I've achieved something hormone. Um, it's it's more associated with rest and digest. And 95% of that hormone is produced in the small intestine. Like that's insane. So if your intestines are not working right and you're having a lot of IBS issues and inflammation and you're not pooping for days, guess what? you're going to feel a lot of low moods, anxiety, depression, sadness, frustration, irritability, unhappy. So that low serotonin is attributed to all of those. So it's not necessarily that you need to go on an antidepressant or you need some sort of pharmaceutical help. It may just be the case that cleaning up your diet will relieve a lot of these symptoms including brain fog and low energy so inflammation of the gut is going to cause pretty much inflammation of the mood let's just say it like that inflammation of your mood so if your gut is bad your mood is generally going to be bad okay the next fact is 
and it's somewhat controversial depending on who you you talk to um but your circadian rhythm is directly connected to your gut so your circadian rhythm when we think of it straight off is your sleep-wake cycles and it's directly connected to your gut health the more sleep you get the better you sleep the better your gut's going to be and the better your overall health is going to be and when I say it's somewhat controversial it's depending on who you speak to Um, some scientists and doctors will recommend keeping that circadian rhythm regular meaning that if you go to bed at 10 p.m., you should go to bed at 10 p.m. every night and wake up at, say, 6 p.m. every morning, regardless of the weekend, regardless of vacations. And once in a while, of course, your body's going to need extra sleep, so you might accidentally sleep longer, but keeping your circadian rhythm regular as much as possible is best for good health. But other professionals will say that it's okay to sleep in on the weekends say um, I generally feel it's better to stick to a regular rhythm and regular routine but I get it sometimes you're just exhausted and you need to sleep in but yeah, I feel it can contribute to bad habits too but um, there's definitely a connection between poor sleep and the bacterial environment of your gut and inflammation. So we know poor sleep does drive up inflammation. And generally, if you have inflammation in the body, you don't just have it in one area, you have it all over the body. So getting enough sleep also helps lower cortisol levels. Um during the circadian rhythm and I say during because naturally we have higher cortisol levels first thing in the morning Um, but it allows your cortisol levels to come down at night and then allows time for your gut to repair itself so a lot of people who have anxiety they're caught in this vicious loop they have generally lots of good issues they don't sleep well they have anxiety and that's it like they've good issues during the day they have anxiety during the day they don't sleep well anxiety affects their sleep at night and this is a vicious circle they're caught in so generally my first approach is helping people with the inflammation and the gut health and then looking at the sleep and then kind of biohack or hack the anxiety where we can until everything starts to improve with our protocol I hope that makes sense there the next fact that many people overlook when it comes to healing the body and even with weight loss slow and steady tends to win the race Um, for example if you're a slow eater taking time to chew your food actually helps jumpstart the whole digestive process because as you break down your food into smaller pieces obviously you're making that food mushier or easier to digest but you're also stimulating saliva which saliva does contain enzymes saliva actually contains a lot of amylase which is the enzyme that helps us break down carbs Um, but you also signal the rest of your body that hey it's time to get everything working let's make some stomach acid let's make some bile let's create some more enzymes 
all that sort of stuff. So when you chew your food slower and take your time to eat, you actually are doing yourself a very great service. If you're rushing and just shoving food in your gob and stressed and shouting at kids and standing up while you're eating, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. That is a very stressful state to eat in. Okay, the next fact you may not have known about is when your mind is relaxed generally your gut is relaxed we've seen the connection between serotonin so our feel-good hormones and our gut now looking a little bit more deep the more relaxed you are the better you're able to digest break down absorb assimilate nourish your body um Stress changes your gut on many levels, pretty much turning it into this big nightmare. I'm going to say nightmare. You can get the inflammation, you get the bloating, you get the gas, you get nausea, you feel discomfort. Everything's just a mess. Um, So there is a lot of research to show that taking the time to relax meditate do some yoga journal watch funny movies laugh sing dance all that stuff can help ease symptoms of gut disorders um even a hot bath if you enjoy that can be very beneficial for gut disorders um and then also um If you combine that with all your other practices, your prebiotics, probiotics, modbiotics, um, your fluids, your sleep, everything, you're really onto a good thing here. Um, Last fact, no news is good news when it comes to your gut. If you haven't heard from your gut in a while or had issues and you're eliminating regularly, and you haven't been dealing with any bloating or abdominal pain, then you're generally doing fine. And that will reflect across the rest of your body. If all of that is good, you shouldn't have issues losing weight, you shouldn't have issues generally with irritability and mood and stuff like that. Um, Giving your gut a time, space, care, love, all of that is going to pay off in dividends for you. Um, So I hope this was somewhat insightful for many people. The one thing I want to finish off on is one of my favorite tools for going to the bathroom not for too much information, but the squatty potty. It was so popular a few years ago and then it seemed to die off, but I try to still keep it alive. I recommend to my clients all the time. I use it. I have a travel one for when I'm traveling. It always goes in my suitcase. I literally can't live without it. It makes such a difference by putting the colon and the spine into that natural position that we would have had Um, back in ancestral times when we didn't have toilets and we had to squat to poop and help everything flow and move through the colon a lot easier 
Um, so the Squatty Potty, I feel now is underrated, but it's an amazing tool. If you can afford to get one, get one. They can be uncomfortable for people who are very tall. Um, but generally for most of us in around the 5'4", five, 5'6", five, range, even up to 5'8", range, it seems to be pretty good even people a little smaller anyway try it out for yourself I'm sure if it doesn't do anything for you you can give it to a, a friend or a family member or something but for sure the squatty potty is such an awesome tool for helping with bell movements so you've got a lot of good information here in this episode if you have any questions hit me up on facebook send me an email through my website that's shemainesmodelhealth.com i'm also over on instagram sometimes um but yeah enjoy the rest of your week enjoy the sunshine and as always please do share with anyone you feel may benefit from this information we're trying to make an impact in the world and reach the masses and make everyone's health and life a little bit better um and if you have the time and you feel i deserve it i would very much appreciate a review on whatever podcast player you use. A review is one of the biggest compliments you can give me. It lets me know that I'm helping, that you like my stuff, that I've made somewhat of a difference in your life. So that would be awesome. Um, Otherwise, I will speak to you guys again soon. Bye-bye.